Welcome on in, everybody, to another crossover edition of the Locked On and Locked On Eagles and Locked On Buccaneers podcast. I am your co-host of the Locked On Eagles podcast, Gino Camilleri, joined by co-host of the Locked On Bucks and Locked On Washington football team, David Harrison. David, how is it going? Oh, I'm doing good, Gino. I appreciate you throwing in that other show in there. Yeah, we're going to talk again uh, three times total this season. That's what makes this kind of thing. Fun. So I'm going to get a lot of crossover exposure with with the Eagles fans. So hopefully you guys aren't uh, too critical of me. Um, I'm, I'm doing the best I can over here, but looking forward to what I think is going to be a better matchup than a lot of Buccaneers fans think, Gino. I think this is going to be a better game than a lot of Bucs fans are expecting. I totally agree, and you could find out what we think here on the Lockdown Podcast Network because you're making the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Bucks podcast your first listen of each and every day. And David, to bounce off of what you said, I have had this sentiment in my head, and Lou has agreed with me since the beginning of the season and even prior to that, that there were discussions that the Eagles could be in contention for a top five draft pick their own right because they have two more potentially one with uh, the dolphins that should be a top five pick but that people thought the eagles would be in this bottom tier of the nfl and i kept saying to people they only got deeper at offensive line they only got deeper at defensive line they shored up the secondary a touch better than it was last year in a new system you're going to catch teams off guard and i really think on a short week i don't know what's Tampa's going to think what they're going to try to defend because the Eagles have come out and had a roller coaster of different game plans. Mm-hmm. So you don't know what you're going to get with this Eagles offense. And I, I, by the look on your face, it, it seems like you're expecting that same type of result. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had fun watching the Eagles. Uh, I've been watching them here and there over the season, then obviously getting ready for this week, this week's game. I almost said mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, you know, obviously I kind of get a little bit more kind of binge some Eagles football and I've enjoyed it because I mean, uh, I've seen them air the ball out. I've seen them go super conservative. And I'm obviously going to ask you a little bit about more of some of what I've seen as well. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're kind of truly seeing a coaching staff, I think, that on, on some levels, it kind of looks like they're trying to figure out where their strength is, what their identity is going to be. But also on another level, it's, well, who's our opponent and how can we best attack them? I know everybody says that, but to a certain extent, a lot of coaching staffs, like they say, well, yeah, it depends on the opponent, but really they kind of come out with the same schemes every single weekend where this one really kind of looks like they're catering their scheme to, to what the opponent does. And, and while a lot of people are going to give credit to the coordinators and the, and the head coach for that, that also speaks to your, your pro scouts. Cause that's kind of what your pro scouts are doing in the background is they're getting ready for future opponents while your, your main staff is, is getting ready for this week's opponent. So that kind of speaks to the confidence they have in them as well. A multi-tiered attack going on there in Philadelphia. And I'll be honest with you, I had the Philadelphia Eagles in our preseason uh, lead up. I had the Eagles at the bottom of the NFC East, mm-hmm. uh, but that is that is not looking like the case. They're definitely looking like uh, a team that can compete. And then uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it, it's been a story of injuries upon injuries upon injuries. You know, every single week, all five weeks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have lost a starter to injuries. The latest is Levante David, who's obviously going to be out for this week's game with that high ankle sprain. Rob Gronkowski also out. Antoine Winfield Jr., their stud sophomore safety. He's going to be out. Ryan Jensen, their starting center, is questionable. I mean, I kind of said this when the Rams and Bucks played to uh, to Sosa Kermenges, the host of Locked On Rams. Like, this is like the perfect week for the Rams to face the Buccaneers. This might be the perfect week for the Eagles to face the Buccaneers as well, especially at home in Philly and especially uh, in, in prime time where the Buccaneers have not really done well in general, but then even in the Tom Brady era, really haven't looked very good in primetime. How much juice do you think 
the missing pieces for the Buccaneers uh, defense specifically, but team really in general, the primetime atmosphere and the fact that this is Bucks in Philly. I know it's not the biggest rivalry, but there are enough Philly fans around to remember the early 2000s, late 90s, that there's still a little bit of magic in that rivalry. I think how much juice is going to be in this game? Well, let me first start by saying that as a team who has gone through the injury bug for now four seasons, we have mm -hmm. gone through 20 different combinations of offensive line play in the last 23 weeks or so. It is the worst part of the game, and I totally understand where you're coming from. And especially in a position like this, like you said it, the Eagles are healthy. They got guys back. Lane Johnson is really the only one who's out still with his personal matter that the team isn't going to get into and that right. we all just hope the best for him. But you have Jordan Maialata coming back. Davion Taylor, who was probably their best linebacker last week, has recovered well from that calf injury. The offensive line that they have in play will now be two consecutive starts in a row. And that's something that this team hasn't seen in the past year or so. And now you're getting that continuity. You're going back home into an environment where, let me tell you, David, the second game I ever cried as an Eagles fan was that Super Bowl. So I never okay. let Tom Brady live it down. But I did live <laughs> in Buffalo, so his games of beating the Bills, it kind of balanced it out. Yeah. But the people in Philadelphia, I was there for the Super Bowl. They're not the biggest fans of Tom Brady. He is yeah. going to go into a hostile environment. I've been there for primetime games. It is just a different feel in Lincoln Financial Field. You hope that you can get a vast amount of, I would say, momentum from that. But seeing how the Eagles have been in these games where they either start fast or it takes them three and a half quarters to come out and play, I don't know what you're going to get right off the bat. But to go into that environment – it's not going to be easy for Tom Brady, who is a guy that if they get to him one or two times with that interior pressure that they do have, it could really start to get in the hands of the fans and make the, the, the silent count be a part of the game plan. It could really throw off the timing of the offensive line. So you always have to take that account. I mean, if, it, if we were going down to Tampa in primetime, I would say the same exact thing for you guys. So I totally agree with your sentiment on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and with, you know, going back to that Ryan Jensen injury with him being questionable, uh, that starting center, Tom and him have done a lot of work together over the years, starting back before they even played a game together. You know, when Tom first signed with Tampa, they were out there uh, at, the, at the high school football field, maybe skirting the lines of COVID protocols for the NFL and NFLPA, getting snaps in together, getting reps in together. And I mean, if he doesn't play in this game again, listen, questionable, I expect him to play, but I mean, he did miss the last part of the Dolphins game. Uh, so if he goes out there, and he can't he can't go or if he goes out there and aggravates it and can't finish the game that could become an even bigger part of this thing where, where now you've got a, a rookie center potentially going out there trying to make these snaps to to the greatest quarterback of all time but uh the ball isn't going to just suck in like it does on madden just because uh guys got super high ratings from time to time mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm looking forward to diving deeper into this matchup with eugenio and looking forward to seeing this thing fire off tonight as my listeners are watching and listening to this episode our listeners will catch it here on Wednesday. So when we come back, we will be talking some Eagles and some Bucks going into the X and O's, what's going to happen on the field, what our predictions are. And I'll be starting it off asking David some questions about his defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But first, we have to give you a great message from our friends over at Get Upside. Eagles and Buccaneers fans, there's this incredible app that you could go on your phone and everybody who buys gas, which is most of our listeners, I would say near 99% of them, mm -hmm. you can make up to 25 cents on every gallon of gas 
at Philip. So use the promo code touchdown today and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first Philip. I filled up the other day. I had 13 gallons. So what? I got six and a half dollars back. How can you beat that? You're just putting free money into your pocket. It is one of the best apps you'll ever get. As long as you have a gas-powered car, this is the app for you. Some people who drive a lot, my fiance, she drives 30-plus miles back and forth from work. She is just racking up the money at GetUpside.com. So make sure you use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to redeem that $0.50 cents off on your first tank of gas. You could get PayPal, e-gift cards at Amazon. You could get all sorts of great rewards. So make sure you go and get upside today. All right, everybody, welcome on back to our preview in this locked locked on crossover Thursday edition. Excuse me, I'm, I'm getting thrown off because the game is on a Thursday, yeah, and we have our crossover. Yeah, it, you're really getting all the action in here. You're answering all these questions. The injuries are coming in. You have the guys that are out, and it's like the middle of the week. These guys might have time to get yeah. better for a Sunday matchup. But you got to get right back into the swing of things going into a Thursday night game. And I want to get into the injuries, David. You mentioned a lot of them. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts at the cornerback position because when I delivered my key to this game, I said that this is going to be whatever wide receiver unit comes out and performs the best. And I believe that the Eagles with a banged-up secondary could take advantage of some potential holes on that Buccaneers back end. And I want to hear what you think of the replacements in that department. Yeah, I mean, that's a very intelligent take because I think when you put these two teams side by side on paper, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown versus what the Eagles have, I think you have to, there's no shade to the Eagles wide receivers. Maybe they can get there someday, but you have to kind of tip your hat uh, to those guys over in, in, in pewter and red. And I mean, Antonio Brown, off field stuff, you know, notwithstanding, that might keep him out, but careers production wise is a Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver if you just take the production uh mike evans is kind of on that track chris godwin certainly has all the promise in the world so it's it's no shade to say that to the philadelphia eagles but production is a two-way street and like like you just mentioned the, those secondary the secondary players get paid those defensive backs get paid to stifle those players and, and the tampa bay buccaneers missing a lot of them again antoine winfield jr is going to be out there starting free safety carlton davis their number one cornerback he's out uh sean murphy bunting their number two cornerback has been out since week one jamel mm -hmm. dean is is banged up. Richard Sherman, the veteran, uh, a better zone cover guy than man cover guy. The Bucks like to run a lot of man. He looked better in week two that he had a full week of practice. That helped uh, certainly than he did against the Los Angeles Rams in week one with the Buccaneers. But this week, I don't know how much of a, of a step we're going to take. I think he's still getting a little bit of his NFL legs. He's still getting back into football shape, and he's having to learn the system, and he's having to learn these new teammates. So I'm a little bit concerned on what we're going to see from Richard Sherman. Uh, saw him playing in trail a little bit too too far trailed, right? I mean, trail technique is something that they do in the NFL, but mm -hmm. not that far, Richard. Not not that far. We need to see number five. Yeah, a little not bit social distancing. You got to yeah, be right man. on the hip, right I in phase with him. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I love that saying. So want to see a little bit more of that. And what that's going to take is a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of expectation of what to see. And what that's going to do, obviously, is open up the short passing game, which I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense will take care of or take advantage of if the Bucs want to give it to them. And then what's going to happen? We all know it doesn't matter how experienced you are as a cornerback. You're going to start creeping. You're going to start biting, and that's when the double move comes or the over comes, and that's when you get hit for a big play. So, yeah, that those Eagles wide receivers could be in for a really big day if the pass rush doesn't get home. That's going to be the key for the Buccaneers' defense. If that offensive line and the, and the, Giants, and the Giants, the Eagles, and their play calling and schemes and, and, and the way they form everything can keep that pass rush at bay, uh, then, yeah, I think these wide receivers could absolutely have a really good day. 
So let's stick on that topic of the defensive mm-hmm. line. We know that Tampa has a fantastic front with guys like Vita Vea, who are who's just having an incredible season for a guy who's basically playing zero technique for the most of his game. And it's it's incredible to see him. You have Jason Pierre-Paul, who Eagles have seen for a long time mm-hmm. here in the NFC East. The Eagles offensive line played pretty well last week. They weren't giving up too many pressures, but the one area they did have trouble was Jordan Maialata moving from left tackle to right tackle because Andre Dillard has kind of solidified that he's serviceable enough to play that position. Do you think that the edge pressure from the Buccaneers, especially the speed on the outside, is the big area that you want to target? Or do you think that interior pressure, which we know Tom Brady doesn't like too much, do you think that's what you should go after to try to get Jalen Hurts from stepping up in the pocket, which he's kind of seen better in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, what I expect is a lot of collapsing down in the middle. I think, you know, Vita Vey, like you said, playing that zero tech, obviously he's he's an earth mover by himself. But I think what you're going to see is a lot of Indominus soon William Golson kind of crashing down inside to try to open things up for Shaq Barrett, JPP, if he can play, which we do expect him to play, but his his status is a little bit in question right now. Um, and then if both those guys can go, I think you're also going to see Joe Tryon on the field uh, more in that three outside linebacker set. Devin or Levante David being injured kind of opens the door a little bit for them to do more of that. Kevin Minter is a serviceable off-ball linebacker, but he's nowhere near as versatile as Levante David is. So the longer you let those linebackers sit in there, uh, sit back there in coverage, the more dangerous it's going to get. And if Jalen Hurts gets free, Kevin Minter does not have the closing ability and speed that a guy like Levante David does. And Devin White can't be everywhere. So I think... You're gonna you're gonna see the Buccaneers try to penetrate the middle very early, force Jalen Hurts to pick a side, pick left, pick right, wherever you want to go, and hopefully meet Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, or Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, the rookie out of Washington, coming in at you. Hit him with enough speed that he can't make the decision to get out of there, and hopefully get him thrown off his back foot, thrown off balance, thrown off platform, to which maybe a Richard Sherman or one of these other DBs can get an opportunistic takeaway. But that's kind of what I expect: is heavy heavy concentration, collapsing the center into Jalen Hurts' face make him pick a side and then have one of those fast guys waiting for him when he commits to the left or the right. Yeah, we all know quarterbacks hate that interior pressure, and I I bet Jalen Hurts isn't looking forward to facing nearly a half a ton of man on the inside (laughs) there for Tampa. One more question on the defense before we go to the offense. On a scale of 1 to 10, prior to the Antoine Winfield and Levante David injuries, was your scale of confidence in covering the Eagles' tight ends? And then I want you to scale that on one to 10 with those injuries before I would say seven, just because I mean, those they're really good guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take away that, that talent. You know what I mean? So a lot of, some of that is talent that the Eagles possess. And then some of that is, you know, a little bit of being stifled by those players without Levante David, especially, and without Antoine Winfield jr. I mean, I'm glad you brought him up. A lot of people kind of forget that he was really instrumental. Oh, this is one of my favorite contain. safeties in the draft. I have to bring yeah, him up every time. Absolutely. Possible. For good reason. And he was, he was very instrumental in the super bowl and helping contain mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey. A lot of people kind of forget that a little bit. Um, I'm kind of at a five now, but at the same time, my understanding, right. Is that we're not expecting, uh, uh, Dallas Goddard right in this game. So Zach Ertz if, still is that if up he in the does, he, if he does pass two, if he has two negative COVID tests within the next 24 hours, he will be able to suit up. Okay. So if, if not, it will be. Dallas, yeah. Yeah. If we have Dallas, I'm thinking I'm at a five. Okay. Maybe, maybe closer to a four. You know what I mean? Cause those two guys together, that's, that's a lethal combination. If it's just Zach and I don't want to say just Zach in that way, I'm a huge fan of Zach Ertz and, and I'm a huge fan, by the way, of that bet that went down about whether or not he was going to get traded. That's, that's gold right there. Um, yeah. If it's just Zach Ertz, right. Since we're on YouTube, I can do the air quotes. 
Um, I'm probably more at a six. It's definitely not as good, but I think that there's enough versatility, enough talent, and enough creativity really is what it boils down to in Todd Bowles that they have a plan right now if Dallas Goddard's on the field. They have a plan if Zach Ertz isn't on the field. Obviously, if Dallas isn't on the field, uh, then that simplifies things for the Buccaneers' defense, so it kind of raises it up a little bit. But I still expect these Eagles' tight ends, whether it's one or both of them, uh, to play a big factor. And again, you try to shrink that defense inside because if they can take advantage of Kevin Minter uh, and Levante Dave not being there or Mike Edwards in that free safety position, that forces Todd to bring, to bring help over there. It either backs off the pass rush or it shrinks down the secondary. And either way, uh, you're looking good for the Eagles if that happens. Familiar face in Todd Bowles, former mm. coordinator here in Philadelphia. Let's flip to the other side of the ball on offense. We know that Tampa, they love to throw the football. They're built for the modern game, even though they have the oldest quarterback in football, and that's just how Darwinism is. I mean, yeah. you adapt or die, and Tom Brady is the best at ever doing it. I want to ask about the run game because the mm -hmm. Eagles have been absolutely putrid in that area. They're ranked, I think, 30th currently, and they've been very susceptible to getting players out on the edge where they can leak out and just go past our linebackers who aren't the most athletic. What has been the formula for this Tampa Bay run game? Is it more inside zone, inside power, or are they trying to stretch you out and make things open up and try and get the running backs involved in the pass game as well? Really a little bit of both, definitely in the pass game. But what you're going to see early on is you're going to see a little bit of prodding, right? You're going to see a little bit of, of of perimeter testing is what I like to call it. So they're going to run, they're going to run inside a little bit. They're going to run in the tackles. They're going to run outside the tackles. They're going to stretch you out wide. Uh, you might see an end around here or there. You might see a jet sweep, and then you're definitely going to see the running backs get wide. And then whatever is working is kind of what they'll do. Again, one of those classic coach phrases: ride the hot hand. Um, watching this Eagles defense, honestly, this feels like a game that Ronald Jones. Could actually have a big impact in, but Ronald Jones really hasn't been getting a lot of burn uh, in Tampa lately. Leonard Fournette has been the guy that the Buccaneers are running, and I wasn't the biggest Leonard Fournette fan when he joined the Buccaneers. I've become a much bigger fan this regular season, what we're seeing from Leonard Fournette. He's he's proving to be a little shiftier. I mean, he completely ducked and ghosted a couple of defenders uh, for Miami last weekend, which I don't think I've ever seen him make a more agile play. <laughs> Uh, than those couple of plays there against Miami. And his receiving ability is getting better. Coach Arians has always said that his receiving ability is fine. It's more the thinking process, the bringing in the ball before you try to make a move. And he's kind of putting the cart before the horse there. It looks like Leonard Fournette is kind of putting those things together. And Giovanni Bernard has had a more impactful role uh, here lately as well. So I would, you know, if, if it were me, I would kind of look at it and say Ronald Jones is kind of the guy, but I think you're going to start with Leonard Fournette. Uh, Average more than five yards carrying last week against the Miami Dolphins. He's got a really good yards per carry average here so far this season. So if he can continue to do that and take advantage of some of those things, he's versatile enough, it looks like now, which is to my surprise, to be quite honest with you, that he's going to be able to take, care, take advantage of all those things. I would look for more off-tackle stuff just because people are going to try to bring pressure up the middle of Tom Brady, and a good way to, to, to mitigate that is to force your defense to play uh, the entire box instead of being able to shrink down. So if they can get Leonard Fournette on the edge or over tackle, then I think that'll the, that's going to be in the Buccaneers' best interest. So I would look there first. Absolutely. And one more question, and then I'll end with an X-Factor question for you. The tight end position, we know Rob Gronkowski is not a go. And I just want to let you know this. My fiance grew up six houses away from Rob Gronkowski, and her stepmom taught Rob Gronkowski. What a small world out of yeah, all the places. Really to live. Yeah. Um, so getting back to that, Cameron Brate, OJ Howard, how effective were they last week when Rob Gronkowski was out? And mm -hmm. are you expecting them to, if they had a good performance last week, step up again or just letting for a letdown possibly? 
I'll say they were effective enough. We saw more OJ Howard than we have in a long time, and that was good to see. There's been some questions about uh, is he like in the doghouse or is he truly just kind of still getting over the Achilles injury that cost him most of last season. Um, I think we saw him get a little bit more involved, and that's going to be a confidence builder. And I think this weekend we could see Tom Brady try to get him more involved and Cam Brady more involved. But really, at the end of the day, it's classic Tom Brady football, and Eagles fans are familiar with it. You're familiar with it. He's going to take what the defense gives you. So mm-hmm. if, the, if the defense wants to commit to those wide receivers and leave those tight ends open, they're going to have the opportunities. I would say that there's about, I would say a six out of 10 chance that they become a huge part of the action. If the Eagles defense really kind of opens up those positions, those availabilities, the connection between Tom and cam and Tom and OJ is certainly not what it is between him and Gronk. And that's, that's to be expected, but mm-hmm. almost to a, to a deeper level than you really kind of expect. We saw that in new England. Uh, there were a lot, there were a lot of times they were on off. They weren't on the same page. And even some of the passes where cam Brady's expecting the ball, Tom Brady puts it somewhere else. That just kind of shows a little bit of that newness. Now they've been doing it for a couple of weeks, so I think it'll be it'll be more improved. Um, but I was still, if I were the Eagles, I would rather take my chances with getting worked by Cam Bray and OJ Howard than maybe letting Chris Goblin or Antonio Brown get loose. That's as good as you could say. I, I'm I'm kind of worried now that you said that because Tom Brady <laughs> is going to take what they give you, and those guys. I mean, they're big-bodied guys. We do have a little bit of tackling issue in the secondary with those linebackers. You just made me a lot more worried, excuse me, about that tight end position than I was prior to the show. Last question here, David, before you ask me some questions on the other side of the break. X-Factor, biggest X-Factor for Tampa Bay, one guy we should be looking out for in Philly. And then on the other side, one guy you're worried about in Philadelphia that could absolutely wreak havoc on this game plan. Yeah, so from the Bucs side, it's Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette, I think a lot of people are aware that he's been doing better and that the Buccaneers have been leaning on him more uh, as the season goes on. But I don't think from a national aspect, people really kind of understand and have seen kind of the growth in season that's been happening from Leonard Fournette. Uh, last weekend, again, he had a, he had over five yards per carry, but he still only got 12, 12 touches, 12 carries anyway. Uh, and so he didn't hit that 100-yard mark. I'm looking for them to really kind of use Leonard Fournette this week. Tom Brady's thumb is injured. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any doubts that he's going to play, but I think that if the Buccaneers can take advantage of that Eagles run defense and they are susceptible a little bit, that you can see Leonard Fournette get a lot of touches. And that's where you're going to see Ronald Jones get some more touches because they're not just going to want to gas Leonard and you're going to see a little bit of Giovanni Bernard. So I think a three-headed running back attack is really what you could see this week, uh, Thursday night in Philadelphia. But Leonard Fournette is going to be the main guy. And I'm looking to see if he can hit that 100-yard mark uh, here against Philadelphia Eagles run defense because that on a national stage primetime football people would then start turning and talking about the resurgence uh, and the return of Leonard Fournette from what they expected when he entered the NFL uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the other side of the ball my biggest concern I want to say Darius Slay I'm a huge Darius Slay fan um, Devontae Smith you know Heisman Trophy winner Alabama pedigree those are all great things, but I've got some friends that are Eagles fans and they've been warning me about this guy. So I'm going to ask you a lot about him in our next segment as well. And that's Quez Watkins. I want to know just how, and I don't even know if I'm saying that right. That's how little no, I actually really know on. about this guy. Quez Watkins. Yep. But Jalen Rager, you know, uh, I, I, most, most of my Eagles friends, fans that I, that I talk to say, ah, oh, they should have traded him already. I'm a big Miles Sanders guy, but I know the Eagles really aren't using him all that much. I'm also a Kenneth Gainwell guy. But the one guy that's kind of intriguing that it looks like the Eagles are really trying to get involved is Watkins. So I'm looking for him. And again, a depleted secondary. And he's kind of like those things where depending on the formation, you get him in that right formation, you get him against like a Jordan Whitehead 
their strong safety really isn't that strong in coverage. Mike Edwards, who is better in coverage, but again, he's a backup for a reason. Um, it, it could be it could be something interesting in Quez Watkins there. I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, on that side of the matchup because, you know, as much as it frustrates Buccaneers fans, fans sometimes, I'm a football fan, so I love seeing good football. So if Quez Watkins goes out there and does some good work, I'm still going to appreciate it. I second always want a good football game no matter what and i think we're due for one and when we come back to finish up the show david will be asking me some questions on the philadelphia eagles but before we come back we have a great message from our friends over at built bar got back from the gym right before we did this and i grabbed two or three built bars they're unbelievable i i should limit myself to one but they're just too delicious i got the mint brownie the chocolate chip cookie dough the peanut butter lou got me on that the peanut butter brownie is fantastic as well there's nine different flavors and you could get a mix and match box where you get two of each of the nine flavors where you could figure out which ones you want or just put a bunch of them together on top of some ice cream which i always do from time to time not only are they healthy but you feel guilt free when you have them up to 18 grams of protein, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in calories. What's better than that? So today go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 over at Built Bar. Segment three here at this Locked On crossover special, Locked On Eagles, Locked On Bucks, talking about this week's Thursday night matchup. I keep wanting to say weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you, Eagles fans, Bucks fans, football fans, for making these two shows your first listen in the Locked On Podcast Network, your first listen every single day, five days a week, and even sometimes six, seven. We've got special bonus videos dropping. We've got you covered from everything you want on your favorite football teams, and the network's even got hockey, baseball, basketball, college. I mean, we, we got everything, guys. Just locked on whatever you want, and you're probably going to find something that you're interested in. And, and Gino, listen, we wrapped up that previous uh, segment talking about something I'm interested in. I was actually going to wait till the end of my segment here to talk about that, but let's pick it right back up. Quez Watkins, man. Uh, again, I'm going to, I mean, be fully honest. I'm not like a Quez Watkins expert. I wasn't, you know, fully into him in the beginning of the season. It's kind of a name that's come up since I started getting ready for this matchup. You got a little excited when I brought him up. Talk, let's talk about Watkins. Let Bucks fans know what they're, what they're in for with uh, the number three wide receiver. Cause we always talk about the number three guy first, right? The ascension of Quez Watkins is something that, I don't think many Eagles fans expected to be this fast. He wasn't the first. He wasn't the second. He was the third receiver drafted in that class for the Eagles. Jalen Rager in round one, John Hightower in round five, Quez Watkins in round six. Quez Watkins ran the fastest 40 time at the NFL Combine. But not only that, he has the most yards receiving in Southern Miss history. And you know who he beat out? Former Eagles wide receiver Todd Pinkston. The six degrees of separation on this kid are unbelievable. Lou loved Quez Watkins coming out of that draft. And when we got him, he was ecstatic. And the reason is, he is a player that is so fast, yet his route running is so precise already. Hmm. Seeing him get off the line with 4-3 speed and as smooth of a release as he has, People want him to move to that outside position and slide Rager inside and let Quez Watkins feast because this guy, if he gets an ounce of space, mm-hmm. he's smart in understanding zone. He can beat you in man. He'll stack you all day long. He'll shake you at the top of the stem. 
And he is just continuing to have explosive play after explosive play after explosive play, not just in one fashion. He's doing it on bubble screens that he's taken 20, 30 yards. He's going on deep crossers where he had a great catch last week, which kept the Eagles in that game. And they came back on Carolina and you're welcome for having a, a win against your in-division opponent there. Hopefully, and we'll hopefully have another good game this week. And Quez Watkins, he has feasted in being in that third wide receiver role because when you're going against one, a slot back who probably isn't as tall as Quez Watkins is, he's close to six foot. He has an unbelievable wingspan. He can go up and get the ball. Before the season, there was training camp videos coming out of him just for lack of a better term, mossing everybody in Eagles practice outside of Darius Slay. And his ascension is something that this Eagles team needed because coming out of that class, when they had Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, we said we need two of these guys to work out at least for things to be going okay. I don't think Rager is anywhere near his ceiling, but he's turned into a serviceable player right now. I think they still just have to design some more nuanced plays for him to, to really get him the ball in space. He was charted as the fastest player, according to next gen stats in the mm. NFL mm. last week throughout the entire season on a punt return that he only took 22 yards to get up to speed that fast on a 22 yeah. yard run is unbelievable. So the Eagles wide receivers, they can speed race you. They're good at running routes, especially Devontae Smith. And then Quez Watkins, when you're game planning for in the past, Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, potentially having Dallas Goddard back, Kenny Gainwell, who has ascended as well in the past game. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, oh, man, Quez Watkins forgot about this guy, and he's he might not get you in the beginning, but he'll work you all game. He works his release in the run game. He blocks well. I, I know I'm going on about this kid, but he truly is – a six round pick that has fascinated me since he has come onto the scene in the NFL. And, that, and that's great. That's exactly why I wanted to ask you about him is get all that information out there. And, and, and look, if you're a Bucks fan looking at this, this matchup and, you know, I said in the beginning of the episode, like maybe, you know, Bucks fans weren't going to get the game. Maybe they maybe expect, I don't want to make it sound like Buccaneers, you know, Bucks nation, as we like to call them is going out there saying they're just going to smoke the Philadelphia. Like, ah, you don't even have to watch it. If you don't want to just catch the, catch the highlights later, nothing like that. Nothing crazy like that. But a lot of Buccaneers fans definitely have had this game circled as a win and, and uh, Evan Klosky from WTSP 10 Tampa Bay actually did an episode with my co-host James Jarko the other day. And he actually mentioned he's got a little bit of trepidation about this matchup and just how close it might actually be. He thinks it's going to be a little bit closer than I am, but we're getting to our score predictions here in just a little bit, but I do think it's going to be a competitive matchup. You mentioned that win against Carolina Panthers and I'm glad you did. Cause I actually want to bring that up. That's a game. I feel like watching it that neither offense, obviously the Eagles team is the one that won. So they're the happiest, but neither offense came off that field able to say we should have won this game. That was all on defense and a little bit even on special teams. I mean, and you just look at the Eagles side of the ball, turnovers, the safety uh, that happens there. I mean, there are plays in that game that this Eagles offense just, they owe that defense uh, and even the special teams a little bit, like a steak dinner for pulling that win out for them. I kept waiting for the Eagles offense to kind of open up a little bit more and for Jalen Hurts to start going down the field a little bit more. And it didn't really seem to happen. Now, Again, I mentioned to you, I've watched more Eagles games than just that one, so I have seen them do that. What do you Did you expect them to start opening up more in, in that Carolina Panthers game, or what? do you think that was just a matter of sticking to the game plan and having confidence that they were going to be able to pull that out? How did you react to the, the way that game went? Because, I mean, I, like at a certain point, I kind of looked at it. I was like, man, how's Carolina not up two scores here in the fourth quarter? Instead, next thing you know, you've got Jalen Hurts running in 
to the end zone, super manning the Carolina Panthers fan base, which I absolutely I'm here for all of that, all that shade and all that business. What did you think come out of week five and how do you think that's going to impact the way they handle things in week six? They have to get back on track. And I say that because in the week prior, I said the exact same quote about the defense and the defense came out and they looked all world. I mean, one of the best all around defensive performances I've seen outside of the linebacking unit, which still is improving, but the cornerbacks looked great. The safety play has been getting better. Jonathan Gannon moved from a quarters base scheme to some cover three back to quarters. He was making you guess a lot more. And then the front, I mean, what could be said about those guys? They were at the highest levels of pass, pass rush win rate. I, that is the biggest tongue twister I say on every show, <laughs> and I mess it up every time. But these guys just get after the quarterback, and they did last week, and you can't always depend on that. That's something that isn't going – you're not always going to win the turnover battle. You're not always going to have three interceptions, a forced fumble. It's not always going to work like that, and you need your offense in the modern game – to be able to score points. And it was evident the last two weeks, the red zone was something that they absolutely failed with. Mm -hmm. So then they ended up scoring two red zone touchdowns last week. That's improvement. But what did they do? They went back on their downfield passing ability. They weren't scheming guys open as easily. The quick passing game wasn't there. What I'm thinking, though, going into this Tampa game where you really have to simplify things with just two days preparation, really, that maybe that might be the game plan. Like, get it out of the hands quickly, especially with those guys out in the secondary. If you guys can get guys out in space and, and scheme some guys open, you might find some avenues to hit home on this Tampa Bay defense where Carolina, I'm the biggest Jeremy Chin fan on the face of planet Earth. Yeah. There was no way they were throwing that ball down the field against Jeremy Chin in that secondary. Yeah. I never thought that was going to be part of the game plan. But the game plan that they were given and the stuff Jalen Hurts should have taken early on, he missed some crossers. He was a step late on some throws. He was high on that interception that he missed the honey hole by 10 yards on that Zach Ertz throw. He just has to get back to basics. I think it's just getting back to fundamentals because you've seen them score 30 points twice in the season, something they didn't do all year last year. Yep. They could get back on track. I'm confident the offensive line, it's going to be the second consecutive game for them. You got your playmakers there. Jalen, I think he learned a lot from last week, and he also got, a, I think, a lot of respect from people in that building by how that whole team overcame adversity. Not just Jalen, but those guys were doing nothing on offense. I mean, absolutely nothing. They were as stuck in the mud as a car having to get towed out on the side on the highway during the winter. I mean, they couldn't do anything, but they've done things before. They're not an inept offense. It's just getting your feet under you, having Nick Sariani understand that he doesn't have to make Jalen Hurts do things he's not comfortable with. Sometimes you could stick to what is the best and just do that. And sometimes that is going to work out. And when you have to simplify things, you get back to basics, get back to what you do well. In a short week, that might be a blessing in disguise for this offense to not get too creative, not get too overzealous in what they're doing. Stick to your guns. Get it out to the playmakers, Miles Sanders, Quez Watkins, these guys, and then let the let the air plays come. They did last week against Carolina. You were checking it down, checking it down, checking it down. Fourth quarter, you, you need big. a long – yeah, and then you hit them big. And sometimes it's just making sure that you – continue to play each play 
And when you play Tampa, who knows what it takes to win 60-plus minute football games, if you let off the gas for one, two, three and a half quarters like you did last week, yeah, pack up things early because it's not going to go as great as it did in Carolina. Yeah, I think I think bottom line, I think we're, we're both in agreement, Gino, that this game is should be a very competitive one, should be a very good one for Thursday night football. We don't always see good football on Thursday nights, but I think this one is going to be a good one. And the Eagles definitely have some things that they can try to leverage against a very banged up and wounded uh, Buccaneers defense to keep them in this thing. It, it's been a lot of feast or famine, I think, for both sides of the ball. I mean, Philly has given up 40-plus in two games, but also held opponents to 21 or less in three of them. So, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's kind of no middle ground here, but – how do you let's get to predictions? You know, home team, uh, home team first. I'll give you that advantage. How do you think this one's going to go down? Who do you got winning? Uh, this is one of those spots that, as somebody who does bet and the line according to betonline.ag, is only seven points. That football number scares me just because it was last week. It was a, a three point deficit for Carolina, and the, the Eagles came out and won that trap game. Could it be another trap game? Could be a trap game for the Eagles. They could be thinking the exact same thing that I'm thinking, that Tampa might settle down with all these injuries and might do less of what they could. And then Antonio Brown will break for a 75-yard touchdown, and that could be evident. I think that in the end, Tampa is a much better team. They know what it takes to win even through adversity. I mean, you have Tom Brady. He's been through every situation, every variable that there has been in the NFL. They have the leadership there. They have – the record in terms of winning what they've won six out of five of the last six games, including the Super Bowl, and then the games before that. Obviously, I think both teams put up points. I, th- I I don't think the defenses show up like the Eagles' defense showed up last week, and I think Tampa with the injuries could be susceptible. A 38-30 game, I, I think, could be possible. Gets Tampa over that seven-point mark, according to Bet Online. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles let up 38 or 40 points again because I really don't know what this defense is at this point. I don't know what this offense is. I'm just taking swings with a blindfold (laughs) on because they haven't given us any answers to what this team really is. Yeah, and it's a work in progress for sure. So an eight-point margin of victory for the Bucs coming from the home team there, Gino. Um, I've got a nine-point margin of victory. I think it was on Monday Night Football. Yeah, very close. I think it was on Monday Night Football. Somebody said in today's NFL, 10 points is a blowout. Uh, and if that's the case, and I definitely don't think it's going to be a blowout. So I'll go nine points. I got 33 to 24. It's kind of a weird score. Maybe we get another high snap and a safety to get us to 33 uh, there for the Buccaneers. Don't wish that on Jalen Hurts by any means. I'm a big fan uh, of what Jalen can do. But, yeah, I think the Eagles offense is going to be able to do some things against this defense. But I also have confidence in Todd Bowles uh, and his ability to kind of put guys where they need to be and adjust for, for the weapons that he has. And, honestly, every win uh, that this team has with this defense as banged up as they are is only building that confidence even more when they get healthy again and have all those pieces back. Uh, and Richard Sherman is like one of five starting caliber cornerbacks eventually. Um, I think that you're going to see a defense kind of take another step uh, there. But that's further on down the road in this one. I think I have a nine-point victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in week six. We'll see how it goes. But I think either way, Geno is going to be very entertaining. It's going to be a blast. I love watching football. I mean, we got more football tomorrow on Thursday. Enjoy your weekend. I'm going up to Wyoming to see Fresno State and potential first-round pick Jake Hayner at quarterback this Saturday. Then we get more football on Sunday. What is better than this sport, David? I I really can't name anything. There isn't. David, let our fans know over at Lockdown Eagles where they can catch you outside of Twitter, which your handle is down there. I might have added an I at the end there, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, D Harrison82 on Twitter and then uh, locked on Bucks five days a week. 
uh, with my co-host there, my partner in crime, James Yarko. Both of us also writers for SB Nations, BucksNation.com. And then if you're interested in division rivals, I also co-host the Locked on Washington football team podcast, and I cover them for SI.com's Fan Nation. And you could find us at Locked on Birds on Twitter at LockedOnEagles.com. As always, you could find all of the Locked On podcasts at Odyssey, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere where you could find your podcasts. Thank you for making the Locked On Eagles and Locked On Buccaneers podcasts your first listen of every day. And take your second listen over to the Peacock and Williamson show. We've been talking about these guys forever. They're one of the best duos in the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you go check them out. Make sure you check out David Harrison at DavidHarrison82 on Twitter. Check out myself at GC24 underscore football, my co-host at DBASILOE. That'll do it here on the crossover special of the Locked On Eagles and Locked On Buccaneers. David, it was a pleasure, and best of luck to the Buccaneers. Yes, sir.